Hey! Oh! Gee, he's doing some dancing. Excellent. Um, well, hello, gentlemen. How are we? Uh, I'm good. doing pretty good. Good. Um, welcome, uh... Frazzled. Um, big day of shopping. Um... <laughs> Uh, welcome to uh, to Not Sucker, everybody. Um, actually, I wanted to make an announcement before we we uh, begin. Uh, there've been some. Whoa, is that you, Joe? So, what, Buzz? Yeah, that was the dryer. Oh, okay, cool. Um, making sure that I wasn't having a VMix meltdown. Um, tonight is going to actually be the um, the last show until the fifth of August. Um, I am going to be redoing sort of the the look and feel and um, working on getting a solid month of, of guests lined up. So um, I've decided that in order to spend the amount of time that I need to to work on that, um, we're going to be taking two weeks of downtime and then we'll pick back up on August the 5th. So this is actually um, going to be the last show for the next two weeks. Um, I'll be back like intermittently on Sundays especially with um, Mr. Atheist. Um, those will still continue, but um, for the most part, uh, we'll be back at the beginning of August. Um, this Saturday, we will be having a uh, patron hangout, if you're a, a patron. Um, that's going to be doing... We're going to do those on um, Discord from now on instead of Zoom. So if you guys are not a member of the discord yet and you're a patron uh, make sure that you join discord and that way the link will be just directly there and uh, we'll be doing that um, let's introduce who we've got everybody knows uh, GE ah, I didn't I didn't do the let you do the intro GE I'm slipping <laughs> oh the what's up heathens yeah how y'all doing yeah what's been going on Ah, uh, you know, nothing much. I got a special episode tomorrow. It's not a comments video, but it is very um, conspiracy theory, and it also involves aliens. So it's going to be... I think it's going to be a really good video, but we'll have to see. Nice. Speaking of, um, of conspiracies and Illuminati, um, I am actually uh, on Thursday turning 33. So... Um, Russian oh vid. my goodness! Yes, Russian vids and um, Rand Campbell. I'm finally old enough to be initiated into the Illuminati. So I'm so depressed. Well, you know, we need to get that. Was it 33 UC or whatever? We need to get him on, like on Saturday night or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we do. Uh, that guy's. We'll probably regret it, but we do need to do that. Um, Joe slash uh, Stephanie. Welcome back. Uh, if for those of you who don't remember, uh, I, I don't know how you could forget Joe, but um, or Stephanie, but uh, they were with us. Uh, it was what was it a year ago, probably. And um, you were defending the position that you didn't believe in viruses. Do you still do you still hold that position? I just reword it differently now. How how do you word that now? Uh, they don't have to exist. It's more of a, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't want to talk about conspiracies. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel you. Um, you are actually, and uh, there's a, uh, you had a really good conversation, I think, with um, with Aaron Rob recently. Um, you remember that? I don't know if it was recent. Well, it was last six months, right? I feel like it's more like a year. Maybe six months. Okay, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you guys talk about? Just to sum oh, up. He talked about, uh, he did all the talking, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds, uh, that's, that's, that's Oren. Okay, so, uh, Joe slash Stephanie, do you want to, um, take a second and introduce what we're going to be talking about with this? Because this is what I thought. This is, this is probably me being just uh, stupid, but when you said Orchard of Life, I'm thinking that you're talking about the Garden of Eden it wasn't just one tree of life. You had an entire, you know, orchard of them. So we were going to be talking about the the biblical stuff. That's not the case, though. Correct? You're going to take. You're going to go a more. Um, you're talking about the the branches of different life, right? Yeah. Uh, more or less evolution. I don't know anything about the Bible. Okay. So uh, take us through. Whenever you're ready, uh, what's what is this orchard of life? Um, it's the alternative to the universal common ancestry or the single phylogenetic tree of life. Uh, I felt like it needed to be worked on because nobody knows how to explain it, and uh, I I believe I found a way to explain it, and it competes. I think it competes pretty well with the single phylogenetic tree of life. Uh, it does require a like a simulation theory point of view not like a materialistic one. So these kinds, the original kinds aren't just going to pop out of nowhere. Uh, it's going to be more more mystical in a sense. Uh, it's not saying that evolution is wrong. It's just an alternative to it. I'm defending it. I have a defense against it. So it's not an attack on evolution. It's a defense on uh, uh, the original archetypes. Okay. Um, but And before you, before you sort of... Uh, dive in, um, I just want to ask you a question based on what you just said. Do you subscribe to simulation theory? A type of it. Which type? So, there's different versions of it, obviously, right? There's, we're on a hard drive, uh, aliens, I think uh, the more or less, the, the more reducible version of it is that consciousness is hallucinating its own simulations. Uh, okay. Sort of in the, like a, uh, you know, like an ayahuasca sort of way, UDV, uh, people smoking DMT. All their reports, I would say more or less, uh, there's different dimensions of the mind, and the material realm is just uh, one dimension of it. Okay, um, that's. I think we could do a whole entire other show on on, on that alone. So um, before we get too far, too far out, Joe, I'm gonna let you take it and um, put make your case for. The, the Orchard of Life, and then we'll let Godless Engineer respond. All right, this will be, I'll try not to do too much talking, I promise. So you're going to want to know what a kind is. The, it's a conceptual, the conceptual first organisms, or the original clads on Earth, each representing an independent phylogenetic tree, like right here, uh, and are genetically locked or fixed within their respective trees. It is not su necessarily suggesting relatedness, 
and it works with taxonomy, not conflict with it, and it's not biblical. Now, the kind placement is probably near the species level, keeping in mind that speciation happens and renaming of the uh, species scientific names, but it may be placed in broader taxonomic levels. Its placement is actually unknown. Uh, so, for example, there are there are probably like a hundred species of blueberries plants, each with its own scientific name. Colloquially, they're all the blueberry plants still. So, granted, there may be some exceptions and unknowns, like salmon or trout, or alligators and crocodiles, or the Indian elephant and the African elephant. It's not really ex an exact science; it's more conceptual for the individual. And like I said, it requires more of like a, a mystical a mystical worldview as opposed to uh, a materialistic point of view. Okay. Right. I just started off, I don't want to talk too much at a time, uh, so I just started okay. off with like an explanation of it. Sure. Okay, uh, so uh, I'll, uh, I guess I'll start off with my questions here. Um, like your first point that we have in the description here and that you sent to both Kyle and I, you said that abiogenesis is not a falsifiable claim, like it's an unfalsifiable thing. I want to know how the mystic origins of life is falsifiable. It's unfalsifiable. But there's it, other ways around it. The mystic it. origins are unfalsifiable? Uh, in a sense it is. Uh, there's, both models have something unfalsifiable in them, right? Uh, but one of them you can't test directly, but you could kind of deduce your way around it. Well, no, because abiogenesis is definitely falsifiable. Uh, it's a scientific concept. It, well, it's a, it's a hypothesis, and uh, we've actually got you know really good evidence to suggest that abiogenesis actually happened. Uh, uh, you know, we have the Miller experiment where they had, uh, you know, certain chemicals that most likely were around at the, uh, you know, when, when the earth was uh, forming. And uh, what they did was they, they had an electrical current shock like that system. And through that experiment, we were able to actually prove that like organic molecules and stuff can form uh, seemingly randomly uh, out of just inorganic chemicals and so that's kind of what we that, that's that, that's what we've found so far like we can't what we don't have an experiment that definitely proves exactly what happened like in the early days of the earth but we do have like the parts to put together to say hey under certain conditions this happens so it most likely happened at the beginning you know, in in the early days of the earth. So the Miller the Miller Urea experiment made pretty much like analog. They made the bricks to a house, but they never built the house. Well, I, I mean, they they showed that organic molecules and and whatnot can like form uh, out of inorganic stuff. So. Okay. I mean, it, uh, you under, you understand like you, you don't you don't need to fully prove out like the abiogenesis, uh, you know, hypothesis in order to make it the most likely explanation. Okay. Uh, why didn't they just start with the um, with the nucleotides or the organic chemicals? Hmm. What 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 do you mean? Why didn't they start out with those 
those particular things? Uh, could they try to build life with these organic chemicals that they've already pulled from the shelf? But, I mean, they didn't start out with organic chemicals. Okay. Uh, so they had a lightning strike. They had like a little lightning spark in there, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, lightning, it was a I don't know what environment on Earth had a constant lightning spark in it, except for maybe lightning. So you're trying to say that lightning hit the um, pond, hit the water, and made organic chemicals. Well. I mean, for one, okay. So for one thing, it doesn't require a constant, uh, like electrical storm, in order for this stuff to happen. But you know, in the early days of the Earth, we didn't have the same atmosphere as we have now. So the uh, inorganic chemicals or whatnot that made up this primordial sort of uh, mixture uh, that was eventually struck by the electrical current or whatever, um, you know, it. it they, they would have existed in that particular mixture. Uh, so, I mean, what all, all that experiment does is show that these organic molecules and these basic things can form. Okay. Like without any like, kind of direction. Huh? Okay. Uh, okay. They made the organic chemicals. Okay. Right. So uh, now you, you tried to define kinds a second ago, and uh, it, 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 I was very confused by that because you seem to say that, they, that you have a definite idea about what makes a kind kind, a kind, but you also made it very vague in that you don't know what delineates these kinds. So... I mean, I, I don't understand how you can claim that this is better than the tree of life when you're so nonspecific uh, up in the air. This is regardless of the fact that you're invoking, like, mystical and magical things. I'm just talking about the simple classification of your orchard here because in order for it to be some kind of, like, scientific hypothesis or any kind of thing that can be actually examined through science, you need a good definition of what you mean by kind. Okay. Well, I said it's, it's, it's unknown where it's placed because nobody was there at the time exactly to, to know whether or not, for example, all felines are related or not, or are they just variations. Nobody really knows, but it could be at the species level, taking into account mm -hmm. that speciation does happen. Um, it's not really supposed to be a scientific thing. It's more or less for uh, conceptual for the individual. Um, but it's a humble stance that we don't know what's related. Well, no, I, but I mean, we do. We, we do know what's real. At least, I, I feel like you're trying to take like a hard solipsism route, but the hard solipsism or the simulation theory really doesn't help us out in any of our conversations. Because regardless of whether or not we actually live in a simulation or uh, anything like that, we're still, we still have to live in the reality that we're given. So the reality that we're given has certain rules. Science is designed uh, by, uh, by, the, you know, by the scientific method to try to describe the truth of our reality the best that it can. 
So for you to say that it's not a scientific matter and that it, to describe some aspect of our reality, I really don't know what you mean by that. But you also said that f you don't know if felines are all related? Uh, no, we wouldn't actually I mean, know. But we do. Well, through uh, genetic similarities and whatever, whatever methods you use to denote common ancestry, it's all an interpretation of the evidence. And DNA is a good well, example of that. Well, no, I mean, uh, like how we compare DNA and, and everything like that to show how things are related and to show a percentage of similarity. I mean, that's not like an interpretation of the information. I mean, that's just the bare information. So why do you think all felines are related? Because the genetics of felines say so. Also, the physiology, uh, that that matches up. Like, you can see similarities in, in the physiology. Uh, we also have uh, fossils that date back that show the uh, slow evolution of the feline uh, family. Okay. Uh, we'll really so, a tiger could go there. A lion could go there. A leopard can go there, a cheetah can go there, and a bobcat can go there. They all have DNA similarities. It doesn't mean that they were, uh, part, they were all related. Well, no, but then how do you explain all the fossils that we have that link those together that show, like, common ancestry between all of the felines? Uh, I've actually not seen these fossils. Uh, okay, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like, we have, like, the, in the fossil record, we have fossils that show the progression to felines, and then the split from the, the felines and the other organisms uh, from that common ancestor, we, we have, like, we have fossils to, to show that. Okay, we don't have fossils here right now on the show. But uh, I would like to see. We that don't sometime. have to have fossils right here, right now, to show. Well, Joe, you don't even believe in fossils, though, right? Uh, I don't like going to conspiracies. But uh, um, I'd I mean, like to see these fossils that you're talking about, though. Hmm. And maybe if we had these fossils okay. in front of us, we could have a different conversation. But we don't have them here. Well, I mean, I, I'm kind of curious. Why do we need the fossils right in front of us in order to make a determination? Why can't we just look up the information like on uh, like a university website or something like that or maybe go and talk to an evolutionary biologist that could potentially show us like, I don't know, over like a web uh, video chat or something like that or go to a museum to see these fossils? Why do we have to have them directly right in front of us in order for you to accept that these fossils do exist and that they show a progression from one species to another showing common ancestry between all felines? Well, if we had the fossils in front of us, we can more or less determine if it's, a, if it's, a, if it's believable or not. So, I mean... Okay, are you... Do, do you have... Do you have the necessary experience to be able to determine whether a fossil or a skeleton, uh, you know, resembles another fossil or skeleton enough to be able to determine that they are indeed uh, of the same common ancestor? No, but they show me a whole bunch of like, like for example, if they show me like garbage, it's like what the hell is all this shit? 
I mean, maybe they could explain it to me, be like, yeah, this is like this, explain it to me. But uh, I can't really well, I mean, argue fossil track here right now. I mean, do you uh, got well, like, a okay, picture? Well, okay, I mean, fossil. Sorry, go ahead. What? Oh, I was just saying, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to talk over you. I don't think you did. Oh, I'm okay. My bad. Um, so uh, that's only one. Uh, that's only one aspect of the uh, of the equation, though. The other the other aspect is the genetic information, which you say is just up to interpretation. But it's not really up to interpretation when it's just the bare data of how similar the genetic codes of all these animals are and how they lead back to a common ancestor. I mean, Joe, did you know that, that you share 51% of the same DNA code as a banana? Well, sharing is kind of an interpretive word. I would say I have you know, some percentage of my DNA in common with the banana. I'm a eukaryote and all that. So it might show that I have some similarities in my DNA. doesn't mean the banana and I have a common ancestor. It could mean well, I have a common but, ancestor. But, but it, it does. Uh, so, uh, okay, so, like, the sharing of DNA code means that you have the same DNA code as whatever percentage, like, whatever percentage of your DNA code matches that of a banana. And so this is a really good indication that we, like, share a common ancestor way back when. I'm not trying to stick up for Kent Hovind, but he would say we have a common designer. Oh, uh, but I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to say anything about designer. I don't think we have a common designer. But I'm saying that if I have DNA and a banana has DNA, and I actually have stuff in common with the banana, it would make sense that our DNA would actually have similarities in it, even though a banana could go there and I can go there as original kinds. Okay, but still, uh, okay. So do you understand that on the tree of life model that all organisms sharing some amount of DNA code makes sense. It could mean we all have a universal common ancestor. It's a good argument that we do have a universal common ancestor. And evolution is a good theory. I'm just saying it's not the only interpretation of the data. It's the best interpretation of the data. You may be correct that it's not the only but it is the best interpretation of the data. It's the only thing that is actually parsimonious with all of the data. Okay. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, let's okay. see. Another very easy joke. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You, you do know that I'm not arguing against evolution. I do think that evolution is a, is a, really, good, is a really good theory. It really is. I'm just saying it's not the only theory. To explain the data. Okay, but 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 I mean th that's a little counter to what you've actually presented us with when you contacted us about a debate, because you said that the tree of life cannot explain certain things, and that an orchard of life actually explains things better. Like like consciousness and uh, the oh yeah and the butterfly. I don't think anybody's ever shown me how microbes could over time evolve into the butterfly or evolve into mushrooms or explain consciousness. And people like to separate abiogenesis with the tree of life. Now, uh, for yeah. the tree of life to exist, it's contingent on abiogenesis events happening. 
in, a, mm, in the material. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. A, abiogenesis is is a separate scientific uh, hypothesis than uh, the tree of life would be or evolution. It is, but the tree of life wouldn't exist without abiogenesis in a materialistic world. Mm. Not no God. How how would well, I mean, how would how would you how would you say that? Um, because wouldn't you then just be able to say that on like for instance on your simulation theory, the alien just pushed in a command to create the initial uh, organism and then allowed that organism to just live and yes. you know process. Yes. In a simulation theory, the the um, first organism could have been a micro, but it's not necessary if it, if, it, if there was some entity making a conscious decision, it wouldn't have had to just made that first microbe. It could have made a variety of kinds just as easily. So, uh, yes, abiogenesis could happen in simulation theory, but I'm not saying alien. I'm saying we are in, in, we are consciousness hallucinating a reality, which is a little crazy, but it's actually unfalsifiable. But I would put simulation or consciousness at the same level as abiogenesis. But can I ask a they both require a little bit of faith. Can I ask a question when you keep saying consciousness do you are you do you subscribe to the idea that um, let me ask you this is the is consciousness produced in the brain or are we like receivers consciousness is always out there we just pick it up uh, it's maybe ambiguous it could be coming from the brain but nobody can explain how it may be just uh, that we are consciousness uh, actually hallucinating a simulations on its own um, I mean, I'd like to know how the brain produces consciousness, but I don't see any way how. Uh, we would be consciousness at our core. That's what, would be, that's what we would be. Essentially, consciousness would be the constant. Okay. It's unfalsifiable. What is the core of a human being? What is the core of a human being? Consciousness? Well, you said that we're consciousness at our core. I, I don't know what the core of a human being. Are you talking about like our cerebral cortex are you talking about our brain in general are you talking about like your stomach uh well it wouldn't be consciousness as a human being i'd say the consciousness is some kind of a eternal thing it may not be eternal but it's eternal so it wouldn't necessarily have to be produced by the brain it could be produced by the brain nobody knows how but it might not be this is way off of the topic that this stream's supposed to be about at this point. Um, but, uh, okay, okay so... You can't help it, though. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, so do, do you still agree that the orchard of life is the better explanation for the diversity of life that we find today? Uh, I would argue for it over the evolution... Okay. Uh, because so, for, so for different you think it's the better explanation? The better. Maybe not. Maybe right. not the best. It can explain all the data. Okay. Uh, all right. So how how do you how do you explain the fossils that we found that connect? Well, I, I can't even you know I can't even levy this criticism at you because you've so vaguely defined kinds that it. Could like in in your in your initial statement, you mentioned how the kinds could be as so broad as being bacteria, fungus, animal, plant. 
and but they could also be as specific as a species, which you've sort of said here tonight as being like part of the orchard is just the different kinds of felines that we have and how they're not actually related, even though we have actual evidence to suggest that they are related and that they have a common ancestor. So I can't even levy the, 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 the claim at you that your orchard idea can't, like, uh, explain all of the transitional fossils that we have that support common ancestry of like you know the the different orchards that you have because you haven't even defined what the orchard is you haven't defined like what the original kinds are you haven't defined any of that like would a whale and like a four-legged quadruped would those be two different kinds uh, no one would really know but it may be as specific as the whale kind and the second thing you said, kind. Uh, it's it's okay. The only thing it's different is uh, you got one tree or you got multiple trees, and they're pretty ambiguous. But they have a lot. Of, each one has their own implications. Uh, okay, but you understand how that particular idea with the whale and the four-legged quad or the the quadruped, the land quadruped. We have actual uh, 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 fossil evidence to show how the land quadruped uh, evolved into dolphins and whales in the ocean. Like we have those fossils and we can connect the dots like a children's book back to the quadruped. Actually, recently so they just found a fossil of a, of a, uh, a whale-like creature that had like um, uh, had four legs that could potentially walk on land, but also that the, it was webbed feet and, and stuff, so that it could swim in the ocean. So like that's an intermediary fossil that we found that connects whales to land man, uh, mammals. So your orchard idea here, I don't think can actually explain this unless you have land quadruped. And then that also branches off into whales and dolphins. Yeah, I, you know, I've looked at a lot of fossils uh, over my time, uh, just internet researching um, evolution. I've never seen any fossils that were very convincing. However, maybe whales did evolve from a land creature. Uh, maybe not. Um, but there are maybe th some things that I can explain, but there's a lot of things that uh, single tree life can explain that. Nobody's been able to figure out how X and Y chromosomes came about with the helicases, histones, and microtubules. Nobody can explain with the tree life saying how butterflies evolved from microorganisms uh, or, or mushrooms evolved from microorganisms. There's a lot of unexplained gaps in the single tree. But, uh, yeah, I can't argue these fossils without actually having these fossils in front of me to talk about. They could be replicas. Okay. They could be... Uh, okay, well... I can tell you right now that that we we can postulate the the evolutionary tree of of butterflies of fungi, uh, you know we we have evidence to support that particular like evolutionary part of the tree. So you saying that it can't like explain that we can explain that. So okay, one of the things that you brought up. As, as something that can't be explained is the, uh, you know, how bacteria evolved into eukaryotes. Yeah, through endosymbiosis. Yeah, how did that happen? So I think that's okay. all pretty speculative. Okay. 
Well, no, it's it's actually not because we have actual experiments that show how it could have actually happened, because uh, basically how. Uh, how, and it wasn't it wasn't bacteria. Bacteria is what the result after the common ancestor between bacteria, archaea, and eukaryotes. So basically, uh, huh? The protocell. I think they call it right. protocell. And so, and, and so basically. Uh, what happened is is that through endosymbiosis, which I'm surprised that you know about this considering you think that it doesn't actually make sense because basically with endosymbiosis, you have these other uh, 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 like uh, eukaryotic organisms were not that were living and then they basically got sucked up by these uh, these proto uh, eukaryotes. And then they, sim, uh, through endosymbiosis, they needed each other to survive. And because of the fact that the mitochondria were able to pump out so much more like energy and food for the cell, that made eukaryotes wildly like evolve after that point. That's why bacteria and archaea uh, have not really evolved past the, you know, like the, the single cell or... Uh, the the prokaryotic uh, state because uh, you know it, it's inefficient. But the eukaryotic cells they can produce a mountain of, of evidence, and we've actually seen evidence of symbio uh, endosymbiosis occur in the lab because there was this uh, amoeba experiment that was done where the amoebas suffered from a bacterial infection on the the population. And after the after the the bacteria was killed and everything like that, they found that some amoebas survived. Not because like they weren't infected, it was because they were able to sim, uh, uh, symbiotically live with the bacteria that was implanted inside them. And when you remove that bacteria or you killed that bacteria off, those amoebas would die because they couldn't survive without them. So. There's mountains of evidence for endosymbiosis as far as going from prokaryotic to eukaryotic cells. Yeah, uh, most people would agree that organisms live within organisms and many times it can help them. Uh, but you're pretty much saying that mitochondria are DNA or are um, bacteria or once were bacteria. And that when it could just be like, uh, for example, you know, a portable like a portable heater, a, a portable standalone heater, or it's all by itself, it's doing its thing, it makes heat, or that heater, a heater could be built into an entire building and still do the same functions. So you can argue that the mitochondria uh, resemble the, the bacteria um, because of its principles of operations are, are similar, but it really doesn't mean exactly for sure that it did happen. Mm -hmm. It just means it, it, there's an idea that it could have happened, but you still gotta explain how the X and Y chromosomes came about, where the helicases come from, the histones and the microtubules and all these molecular machines uh, they came from. And I don't think anybody's ever seen a protocell. Nobody's ever seen a bacteria, a protocell evolve into a eukaryote. Uh, nonetheless, has anybody ever I seen? Did, no, hold on. I just explained to you how endosymbiosis can explain how eukaryotic cells came into being. We've been able to experimentally show how this actually works. And so to say that that didn't 
occur with these protocells, which I don't know if I said that mitochondria were bacteria because that would have been wrong. Uh, they were these proto sort of prokaryotic cells that uh, not that they don't only function in the same way, but the, the these cells uh, would have uh, DNA inside of them. They would have also have a similar membrane, and that's exactly what we find with the mitochondria. The same thing happened with chloroplasts too. Uh, you know, those are the uh, powerhouses in uh, in plant cells that turn sunlight into uh, energy, and yeah. so we have we have actual evidence that endosymbiosis has occurred multiple times throughout our evolutionary history. So, for you to say that this is not happening, or that this can't happen, or it did not happen uh, back during those uh, proto-eukaryotic days. Uh, you're going to have to like give a really good reason why that is not correct. Like you've got to provide something that's better than what you're doing right now. I think on a, on the surface, the endosymbiosis thing, because they could see it somewhere else, they assumed that uh, we all evolved from a bacteria because of it, uh, or uh, we evolved from microbes because of it. But I don't think anybody knows how, Wherever this, I don't know what this protocell supposed to have had. Ring chromosomes? What kind of chromosomes did it have? I'm assuming it has ring chromosomes. All right. So you're thinking that these ring chromosomes got endosymbiosis happened, and then all of a sudden, somehow, they became these X and Y chromosomes, which they're not X and Y. They just they become X and Y during uh, mitosis or meiosis, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't just don't see where these and where all these helicases came from, and the histones and the microtubules. Where do those come from? Uh, I think on the surface it makes sense. It really does. But when we start digging deep, it's like, well, we don't really know how this happened or how that happened. And I don't. We don't know how a but, butterfly. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, but uh, so I've taken one particular aspect, which I mean, I could, I could do the research and go through every single question that you have about the X and Y chromosomes, how those came to be, which those didn't necessarily have to evolve like immediately. Like you're talking, are you talking about how eukaryotic cells immediately had X and Y chromosomes, like when they became eukaryotic? Is that what you're saying? At least over time. I don't know how long it happened, but well, I mean, over time, you, oh, huh? There's got to be an there's got to be an explanation for it. I mean, if it went from well, rings, yes, and, and there is an explanation for it. There is an explanation for it, and I could I could go through every single explanation that you could want for your heart's content. Things that you say evolution cannot, or the tree of life uh, cannot explain, it can be explained, and I plainly shown how all of that would be for naught. Like, it's all, there's no point in me bringing that to you when I bring to you a perfect explanation for endosymbiosis, how it actually occurred, and how it's a, per, it's a good and the most probable explanation for how prokaryotic cells evolved into eukaryotic cells. I have given you that explanation, and you're still finding reasons to say, oh, well, it still can't do these things. Like, it still can't explain these things. When it's it's very obvious that you have either on the surface researched these topics or you have just looked at, like, uh, or, or you just don't know. Like, you, you don't know these topics. But, see, that's very confusing because uh, at the same time, you like, you knew about endosymbiosis beforehand. 
And so you obviously have read about it. You've obviously done your research. So yeah, I don't understand. I'm not denying that it happened. I'm uh, didn't have to have happened in order for us to be here. Us, our existence and nature the way it is, is not contingent upon abiogenesis. It's not contingent on universal common ancestry. Uh, nature and you and I can exist without the tree of life and without abiogenesis. Okay. Look, not, look regardless, regardless of all of that, right? Regardless of all that, that's what reality shows us. Reality shows us that we all evolve from a common ancestor. Okay, that's, that's what, what reality is showing us. Well, that's what I, that's okay. kind of what I'm here to talk. That's that's the point of this discussion, is that uh, that the interpretation of all the evidence that anybody could ever throw at me that I've seen could be interpreted another way. Such so as DNA is a perfect example. Sharing DNA or just having DNA similarities, I can extrapolate that to all the evidence and all the evidences. I can't argue about fossil record right now because I, I know we don't have fossils here to to debate. But um, Joe. Yeah. Yep. We cannot reinterpret reality like we're J.K. Rowling, okay? We can't just you know retcon all of this shit and make up something new, and say that that has been always that way. We have to look at the actual observational evidence that is given to us that exists in reality. What you're having evidence. to do with your orbit. Huh? Evidence isn't evidence if it's ambiguous. It's not ambiguous. DNA is not ambiguous. The amount of DNA that is common between us and other life forms is not ambiguous. How is that ambiguous? You're saying that I'm related to a banana because we're both eukaryotes. That's an argument for no. classification. No, 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 no. Well, well, I mean, it. Yeah, be, be, uh, that is one factor in how we are, but we know this because, for one, both of us contain eukaryotic cells, so obviously we are both eukaryotes, right? Yeah, but, but that also it's it, it confirm uh, the, the the we can confirm it through multiple means, including how much of our DNA matches that of other life forms like bananas, like that's that's basic. Like it, 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 that's not just some hair harebrained like interpretation, Joe. That's actual logical thinking. Okay, so because I have eukaryotes and a banana has eukaryotes, that means we're related. But you confirm it with DNA yes. evidence. Okay. Well, I'm saying that uh, if I, it, I you know, know si since we do, since we're both eukaryotes and we both stem from eukaryotic ancestors. I'm saying that the DNA, we would expect the DNA to match a certain percent, you know, between eukaryotes. And that's exactly what we find. See, here's the best thing about evolution, the tree of life, and actual scientific theories in general. They have predictive power. What kind of predictive power does your orchard have? The same predictive powers that yours does. It's just an interpretation no, of that predictive power. So if you could give me a, a predictive power of the single tree of life, I could interpret the evidence, the interpretation in any way. Give me I just a, did. Pre a, pre a predictive power? Which What was that? The, that you would expect that the chromosome 2 fusion of a chimp and a 
a human would have a chromosome two fusion. I just gave you the predictive power with eukaryotic cells, how we're both eukaryotic cells, and how we, uh, how that, like what we would expect is common DNA. That is so, the predictive power of the evolutionary oh, okay. model. So my existence and a banana's existence is, is completely, the way we are is contingent upon us being related. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure if I would say that, but it's a fact of reality that you are. Well, that's like the um, kind of what I'm trying to break people free of is that fact that they, they're seeing that because I have DNA and the banana has DNA, we're related. Because we're both eukaryotes, we're related. Whenever our reality, the way it is, as nature has it, is not contingent upon us all being related like that. Regardless of whether or not you feel like it is contingent or, or not, what reality actually tells us, like observational reality tells us, is that we are all related. So if, if there is some kind of entity out there, some mystical, magical force, or an alien guy up there playing a joke, then they've, they've, done, they've, they've done reality. They've, they've constructed this reality to point us in the direction of common ancestry. So regardless of the idea of some magical creator in the sky, all of the evidence points to common ancestry. It points to the tree of life. That's what evidence says. And that's what I keep arguing against. That, no, that's just interpretation of the evidence. Okay. We're going in circles. We're going in circles. Huh? We're well, going in circles. I mean, yeah, we kind of are because you keep telling I mean, me what reality is. Well, yes, but because you're denying the fact that reality shows us that we evolved from, an, you know, a common ancestor. So, I asked you earlier, can you give me one predictive power of your orchard model? Because what it seems to me is that your orchard model allows you to ad hoc make shit up on the fly. Well, I'm not making shit up on the fly. I'm not saying that we're all related arbitrarily. Every single life form is arbitrarily related. Hold on. How are you not making shit up on the fly when you sit there and tell me, like, there's all these kinds, but we don't know what kinds they are. It could be as broad as bacteria in general, or how would we it know? could be as specific as a lion. How would we know? And not just make shit up. I mean, saying that's, that's we're what all I'm just asking you. I'm saying no, you don't I, have I, to. That's hear what I'm asking you. What? That we're all related? I'm asking you, how would you know what a kind is? Well, we wouldn't know. I wasn't around at the time. No human scientists were around at the time. There weren't biologists around uh, thousands of years ago to know. But I'm saying our reality as it is with nature, with all the different lives out there, is not contingent upon a single tree. It could be very well that there are multiple trees. And how you, how you interpret the evidence will point you in one direction or the other, but I think it's pretty damn ambiguous. Okay, Joe, Joe, can I pose, can I pose something for you? Yeah. Okay, so let's say you come upon a, a house, and the house 
has a car in the living room. And you see all this destruction around. You see a big hole in the front of the wall. But you weren't there to see the car actually crash into the house. Or would you suggest that we don't know that the car crashed into the house? Yeah, people get, uh, I'm sure people get um, persecuted uh, for a crime they didn't do based on the e interpretation of the evidence. I'm sure that happens all the time. Uh, I, I would probably assume well, no, no, that the car... No, no, I'm not talking... No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to... I, I didn't bring, like, anybody... Like, it, it, I'm not trying to blame anybody for the car accident with the house. I'm just saying, like, you see a car that's in the middle of a living room. There's a big hole in the side of the house. Like, it doesn't matter who did it. Are you trying to suggest that we don't know whether or not that car crashed through the house or if it just magically appeared in the living room and then a hole magically appeared in the side of the house? I think that's a kind of a bad analogy. I think there's a better analogy for I don't it. But, think uh, it is. Know, I would say, like, uh, if somebody was stabbed in the back and you found a knife, the knife had fingerprints on it, and it showed that this guy did it, would that mean that that guy did it? Or would that mean that he wore a glove and was careful with the knife? And he stabs and somebody else stabbed him in the back, and then this guy got framed for it. I'm saying this crime scene could be your evidence for the crime scene could go one way or the other. Sometimes it could be this person or that person, and they don't they don't know. Well, no, you know but see, that's not no. See, I'm I'm not making it as complicated as that. I think actually you have the bad analogy here. Because what I'm suggesting is taking certain things and making a conclusion based off of those pure facts of reality. Like in your example, somebody's laying on the, uh, on the floor and they're bleeding out of a hole in their back. And it's a knife-shaped hole. And then there's a bloody knife sitting on the ground next to them. Now, are we going to assume, hey... That's the knife that stabbed the guy because it's got the blood on it. Uh, it's laying right next to him. The, 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 the knife is the same size as the hole in the guy's back. You're suggesting that we cannot make the decision that, oh, that's the knife that stabbed him. Be, like that, That's tantamount to what you're saying about all of my explanations tonight, about everything that uh, the evolutionary theory says. That, 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 that's the core of it. That's the core misunderstanding here is that on your model, and at least the way that you've described it so far, we would not be able to make the determination that that knife stabbed the guy in the back. That is an argument uh, ad, what, analogy? It's not always good to have analogies because analogies could go either way. Um, no, I mean, I think yeah. it's a pretty good analogy for what we're saying because you're saying that we can't make, you know, con like con we can't make conclusions based off of the incidental, make, like, information. You can make conclusions, but there's confirmation bias. If you, I mean, I can make an analogy that fits my stance, and you can make an analogy that fits your client's stance, and that would be confirmation bias where you're making it to where all the evidence makes it, makes it look like all the evidence fits your, your picture you want to paint. I'm saying the picture could be this or the picture could be that. One has more implications than the other, but you actually don't know which picture is right, whether there's one single tree or whether there's multiple trees. We don't actually know if there was, but you should know your options. 
Okay. All right. Um. Uh. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Please. No, I just I, I didn't know where to go from here. I mean, I know that we didn't cover every single point that that he brought up, but uh, you know, in in his message to us. But I feel like I gave a pretty good account, you know, for how, uh, you know, prokaryotes evolved into eukaryotes. But, I mean, he just simply says that, oh, that's just one interpretation of it or that it, that's not the only interpretation. It, it just seems like it's very ad hoc kind of explanation for things and requiring mystical or magical – huh? Hold on, Joe. I'll give you a chance. There Okay. Well, well, I I mean, requiring mystical, magical, or simulation type of things in order to plug the holes in your particular hypothesis here, I think is very disingenuous. And it just shows that your model or your hypothesis actually can't stand up to scrutiny because you have to plug in like these magical explanations for things. You draw giant clouds and just say magic on them, and then that's the explanation for it. Okay, is it my turn? Yes. Uh, well, the both both models are ad hoc, and both models require a position of faith. Uh, one is abiogenesis, and the other one is that consciousness is some eternal entity that hallucinates its own reality. Uh, I think if you took a long walk in the woods, and thought about abiogenesis and think about how unplausible it is. And if I'm just saying consciousness may not be made by the brain, it may be eternal. And that this is what it does, it hallucinates its own realities and simulations. Uh, they both require ad hoc explanations. Mine requires less ad hoc. Mine only requires one ad hoc explanation. Your, your whole, your whole view, requires, view requires. Frustrated, I'm getting out oh, I'm getting out oh, feedback from you. Feedback from you. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, now? Uh, good. Go ahead, Jeff. Good. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I'm saying my uh, I'm model, saying my model, my, my, my worldview, my worldview has has, has less unexplained mystery, less in it unexplained mystery than the current materialistic worldview. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can. They both require some amount of unexplained mysteries. Mine only has one. Okay. I mean, I, I would disagree at a fundamental level, level about that, but uh, okay. Um, All right, well, Joe, consciousness. Yeah. Frust uh, frustrated atheist in the chat um, had a question for you he wanted to ask, so I just um, brought um, uh, Frustrated, I'm still getting, uh, frustrated, uh, I'm still feedback, getting from uh, feedback from you. Do you have something else, mm. you have something else going on? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing headphones right now. Pop them out and see if that. Pop them out and see if that. Okay, hold on. Let me mute myself and then I'll do that. Are you guys hearing it too, G and Joe? Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing an echo. Okay. Um, hey, Joe, I want to ask you. Um, I don't know about now. You're... That sounds better. Uh, let me ask Joe a question real, real quick. Joe, um, I don't know what you're. Your plans are for the evening, but um, after we close this stream out, if you've got if you've got like thirty like minutes to forty minutes, minutes forty five minutes, I'd like to have like, like to a have one on one, one con frustrated. It's back frustrated getting the echo back, getting the echo back. Uh, sorry, hold on. That's okay. Um, okay. I'd like to have a one on one conversation with you about simulation theory and stuff. simulation theory and stuff. If you've got 
Get yeah. the time. Okay. Frustrated. Are you still here? Are you still here? I hear myself. I hear myself. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I don't know where I don't know where frustrated is. Okay. Um let me see about Give me one second, guys. Do you have any? While I try to fix this, close that out. Um, GE, do you have any last-minute thoughts? Or Joe, um, we'll start with uh, start with GE. Well, and then... I, I mean, he uh, Joe kind of said that like evolution, evolutionary theory has a lot of ad hoc explanations for things, when it really doesn't. There, there are there's evidence uh, for everything in evolutionary theory uh, because evolutionary theory is a scientific theory that's built off of facts and is rigorously tested and uh, has passed all those, all those tests. It has yet to be broken. That's what it means to be a scientific theory. It's stood the test of peer review and attempts to disprove it. So uh, there, there aren't any holes in evolutionary theory and there's no ad hoc explanations of things. Okay, Joe. Um, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that evolutionary theory isn't a good theory. I think it's an awesome theory. Uh, I think it has some unexplained things in there, like how did a butterfly evolve? Like I have a lot of them. These are just ones off the top of my head. Nobody really knows how the metamorphic process involved. Uh, uh, evolutionary theory has nothing to do with abiogenesis, but in order for it to exist, the, the event of abiogenesis did have to happen in a materialistic worldview. And I don't see any way how uh, a biogenesis could have ever happened. Okay. Um, let's see if we can't hear. Frustrated, are you back with us? Frustrated, are you back with us? I don't know what happened to Frustrated, but I can still. Uh, I don't know what happened, uh, Frustrated. If you want to um, send the question in the live chat, um, I can ask that while I read. If you want to do that, I can start on Super Chats real quick. And um, so, guys, uh, after, immediately after we close this out, um, I wanted to talk to Joe for a second about um, simulation theory because that's one of okay. And and Joe, have you ever heard of a stoned ape theory? I watched your video on it one time. Did you? Half you of it. What do you think about that? I only watched half of it. Um, slash stoner speculation. I'm not trying to put the shame about uh, contemplating the universe while hiring marijuana. I'm just saying it just sounds like... Sure. Um, okay, super chats. Sorry, it's taking forever. Okay. Um, from uh, RJ, he says, uh, tell Archie you love him after the show. I will. Um, he then says, uh, can you say Lily is beautiful for me? Um, Lily is beautiful for me. Um, Illuminati for the win. Yep, that's a good shirt, by the way. Yuhan uh, Roderick says, "Very good podcast." That's Arn Ra. Uh, great to see you, beautiful people tonight. Um, you're beautiful as well. And then he says, "A 15 foot well penis." There, someone said it. <laughs> Do you want to explain what that is, real quick? Uh, yeah. So I recently had a debate with Kent Hovind, where it seems like I mean. He, he brought up uh, the the idea that whales have fifteen foot penises. Uh, it, it like I, I think that you know 
they don't exactly have 15 foot penises, but I mean, he's just saying they have really big dicks and apparently that's what the pelvis bones and the vestigial leg bones are used to control is the giant penis on whales. Nice. So, yeah. Always classy, Kent Hovind. Um, okay, so uh, frustrated if I don't get if um, we can try again in the next um, thing because I'm gonna close this out so it doesn't uh, the, the two can stand alone. Um, and GE, you're welcome to uh, come back and stay on. I just wanted to close this out uh, so that it wouldn't be so long in the uh, in the videos and it'll be a completely separate um, issue. But um, okay, anything else you guys want to plug put out there? Uh, no. Okay. It was, uh, it was fun. Well, um, yeah. I'm going anywhere joking. I, yeah, so, uh, tomorrow I have a special video that's going to be going up, uh, that is, uh, on the Area 51 situation, and it's a wildly different take than, like, everybody else's. So, I hope that people will tune in for that. And I have a lot of great things that are working on the back end. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that everybody will, you know, join me over on Godless Engineer and, uh, you know, just uh, just watch. I like, I like a lot of cool things on the back end myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you to uh, Joe slash um, Stephanie and um, GE. We'll be back here in five minutes. I'm just going to switch over and start a uh, new stream, and we're going to talk about uh, simulation theory. So um, I've always wanted to say this. Don't change that channel. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys.